as a corporate worship leader, I think you're you're more concerned about what God wants to do in the room at the moment. And I think as yes. an artist, you get more individual self-expression um, that doesn't necessarily sure. have to lean on what everybody else needs in the moment. You're just giving what you feel God gave you. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Aisha Woods, Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Aisha. You've said it before, and I'll say it now. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Happy Labor Day. <laughs> Happy Labor Day. I almost said Merry Christmas. But, <laughs> exactly. Um, w- listen, when your kids go back to school, it is reason to celebrate. And I am just as excited about this um, as I am about Jesus coming as a, as a newborn baby. That's that's pretty this big. This is as exciting <laughs> that's as Christmas. Pretty big. <laughs> yeah, big things are happening though. Big things they? are happening and big things are happening with our guest that we have for today and and this is someone special to you, isn't it? Yes, indeed. I'm very excited to talk with this young lady. Um we met at a at a songwriters retreat and God just connected our hearts and um I am now managing her. And so having this conversation with Monique Sade today, it should be interesting because as much as I'd love to dive in, I think I'm going to enjoy just listening in and hearing what she has to say. And hopefully she doesn't say anything bad about you, right? <laughs> I hope not. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. Monique Shade on Between the Grooves. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, I hear a lot of good things from Aisha about you. Wow, thank you. Thank you. It's been a good uh, adventurous couple months. How did you guys hook up? Like like um you guys go to the same church or what what what's the story there? Clearwater. I'll let you tell the story. Florida. Yeah. Okay. This was this end of January? Yes, it was. It, mm-hmm. Yes. So we, neither of us live in Clearwater, but um, I was invited, I saw a post by Meg, Meg Ammons, another wonderful songwriter, uh, for a songwriter's retreat. I've never been to one before, so I was really curious. And I said, you know what, God, I think I want to go. So a friend of mine who attends the church, she's the worship pastor's wife, she, um, I reached out to her and I said, hey, are you going to this event? She's like, yeah, I'll be there. Let me tell Meg that you're coming. I'm like, okay, great. So I show up and Meg texts me while I'm on my way. She's like, hurry up and get here because you don't want to miss Aisha speaking. So I have no idea who Aisha is because <laughs> it's just a random name to me. And then I, I show up and I'm meeting everybody. And then, she, then I get to Aisha and she goes, hi, I'm, I'm Aisha. And I, I remember the texture of her voice. And I'm like, I know that voice. I've heard that voice. And my eyes lit up. And I'm like, you're Aisha Woods. <laughs> and everyone kind of laughed at me because I'm like, do y'all know who she is? Like, oh, my gosh. So anyway, we had a great time at this songwriting retreat. We wrote songs together. 
it was such a great um, chemistry there, but it also felt like a, a God connection. So that's, that's my version of how we met. And you've been yeah. leading worship in your church for how long? Ooh, um, well, my current church has been four years, but I grew up in my father's church and I led there for about 15 years. Was that in Brooklyn? Yeah. Okay. In New York, Baraka Baptist Church, one of the largest Haitian American churches there. Um, very community oriented, very missions driven, um, and it's very multi generational. And uh, it, it gave me a, a context for how to serve different types of people and in um, different languages. So it's a very rich experience that I had there. So 15 years there, and another another five years serving outside of the church in Florida and in the, in the I would say the New York tri-state area. You know, the key word I picked up on there was multi-generational. I don't know how a church yes. can survive if they're not multi-generational, right? Yeah. You get a bunch so of true. old folks going, you know, 20 years from now, there won't be a church. Exactly. Exactly. What made you move to Orlando? Okay, I moved to Orlando because the Lord told me to go there. Really? Like, was this like in a dream I, I, I or something? Driving, no, so I was driving to uh, work from Brooklyn to Harlem when I had my first car and this thought could not have come from me. It had to have been God. Cause I would never want to move to Florida. Right. <laughs> I, was in, I was doing New Yorker at, at heart. And so, um, I heard the Lord say, go to Florida to help your brother. I'm like, Whoa. Okay. And, and he had been asking me like a year prior, Hey Mo, come help me. Come help me. Um, come help serve at my church. Come help build the worship team. I know this is your skill set. I know God has blessed you to do this. Come help me. And in my head, I'm like, I'm so planted at my dad's church. Why would I up and leave? But the thought was so strong. I knew I had to lean in to see if it was me. Because if I ignored it, I felt like unsettled. So I said, you know, let me let me see what happens if I follow through with this idea. So I, I told my parents, hey, well, how would you guys feel if I went to Florida to help my brother, my older brother with his church? And they was ecstatic. And I knew that was God, but my parents wouldn't let me go nowhere. Right. <laughs> um, and, and also, I knew I played a vital role at my church. I said, Lord, if you're going to replant me somewhere else, send someone else to kind of help fill in the voids. And so mm. God did that in perfect timing. He started sending more people who would serve in that capacity so that when I would be moved to Florida, they would, you know, there would be nothing lacking in that department. Right. And so that's awesome. I did a, a at home concert at my church, raised a couple of thousand dollars and then picked up and in a few suitcases and my guitar and and just headed to florida i have never received a word to move anywhere but my really? but my wife has and her word is to keep moving south where it's warm because she doesn't like canada <laughs> she thinks it's too cold so there's that i you know does that qualify is it a word from the lord well yeah. I, it's a word from her let me tell you <laughs> She, and she her keeps, voice sounds much like the Lord's, I guess. I guess, life, huh? yeah. She keeps she keeps <laughs> complaining to me, like, why are we living in Canada? Why, you know, why did she, because she was originally from Guyana, and she's, she's thinking to herself, why did I ever move to Canada? You know, like, I could have stayed in Guyana where it's nice and warm and hot and beautiful weather and stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, if we're going on vacation somewhere, it's usually south just because right. it's warm and and I enjoy the heat too. I enjoy the sun and everything else. Mm. I don't mind the winters, but yeah, I, I would uh I would move to Orlando. I wouldn't have a problem with it and I don't need a word from God to do that. 
<laughs> I think for, for me, it was like, I only knew Orlando to be the place where uh, people retired. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, right. Like, okay. happening here. I could do that, um, too. And also, <laughs> and also, I just, I didn't relate anything fun to a slower pace of life. It was, it just felt slow. The thought of it felt like it'd be the opposite of New York, but God definitely met me here. He he, there was such a it was such a season of thriving for me coming to be with the church personally, but also for that church organization, my brother's church. There was so much growth in that worship team. There was so much um, groundbreaking moments for them, and I was like, okay, That's so awesome. this is real. This is happening. This was needed. They received it so well. When it was coming time to transition, there was tears in their eyes. I'm like, oh my god, wow, this really happened. Wow. It was very fruitful, and in other churches heard about it, and in other churches hired me. So I felt some momentum picking up that God wanted to establish something in the worship departments of churches that were in need. And I guess that's that really how? been your focus for, for the last few years anyways, right? As, as, as a worship leader, yeah. you're also a singer, a songwriter, um, and you've been doing that in your parents' church and now in Orlando, and then meeting up with Aisha, and now you're, I guess, recording, like, you're getting to the recording of music. Yeah. What made you get into that versus just songwriting? What made me get into worship stuff? No, what made you, what made you, development? no, what made you get into recording music versus just as a worship oh, leader yes. or a songwriter? Because recording music is a whole different ball game. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's a whole bunch Shows of different work and, and, and things that you've never done before and scary and sometimes doesn't pay off either. That's a lot of costs involved. Very mm -hmm. true. So I had, I've been writing songs for so long and I, I realized anything God gives me is not for me. So I got to put it somewhere. <laughs> There's that. And mm -hmm. I did record one song in 2020. I, my first single was put out. It's called Certainly Uncertain. And it might be self-explanatory. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, but very uncertain <laughs> about if I wanted to do music. And the song came out in just moments. And my friend was behind the booth. He said, sing whatever comes to your mind. And I just sung what came to my heart. And I was like, Lord, I'm not certain about this, but I'm certain about you. And so yeah. from there on, um, I, I moved to Florida, like the summer after I wrote the song. And he said he's a producer, but we kept bumping into each other in different circles. He says, we're supposed to work together because we keep finding each other. So he's the one that helped me put out the song in 2020. And then I knew from there on, I had the capacity to record songs that would resonate with people. So when I met Aisha, she asked me, hey, what, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, you're so gifted. You're so talented. But what, like, what, what are you doing with your work? And we sat down eventually. We talked about it. And I, we both sensed that God was giving us the capacity to record. She had the resources. I had the talent. And so did she. She, know, she knows what she's doing. I hope <laughs> so. so. We, we jumped into Thank it. Thank you. All, like, all <laughs> we jumped into it. And we would get into the studio and just literally songs will come one after the other. And so um, there's a grace to do it. And um, I feel a responsibility as a creative to tell the narrative, the music of what God wants to do in this generation. So that's the why behind why I'm recording. But also I, I think it's fun. I think it's fun to conceptualize a song and see it through. But it's different work involved in it too. Like you're, you're using different parts of your like, I don't know, different parts of your brain, because if you're so used to being a, a worship leader, uh, especially if, if you're in front of a group of people or even songwriting where you might be at a retreat, writing music, co-writing, collaborating together. But now to record, you know, something that's on paper and to record mm. it 
in a micro on a microphone in a studio where there's nobody else around like that that's completely different isn't it it is it is i almost would take it to be like um you don't get to see the baby growing in the belly but at some point you're gonna see <laughs> the products like you get to Great build analogy. this thing in secret and then voila like it's here right um right and i, th- I think it also gives you this aspect of um, creating in secret for the purpose of not letting everyone um, like impacted by other biases. Like you want to hear what you're hearing creatively and then create it and not feel you need everyone to have say so in a corporate setting, you're, you're leaning on the thoughts and the hearts of people in the room to serve them. But in a studio, right. you're thinking about what I need to deliver as almost like a personal assignment. What do I need to be giving sure. to them without, without having them, influence what god is telling me like, mm-hmm. this is more or less what i have to do and getting to serve people corporately is more like what i i need to consider them in a different way I guess. how do you find that balance so um i would say there's a difference between being a corporate corporate worship leader and an artist um i do feel they have both very important roles to play especially if if you're christian mm-hmm. as as a corporate worship leader i think you're you're more concerned about what god wants to do in the room at the moment and i think as an artist you get more individual self-expression um that doesn't necessarily have to lean on what everybody else needs in the moment you're just giving what you feel god gave you um so finding that balance is interesting because i i get to be it's gonna sound weird but i I get to be a little bit more unique when i'm just in artist mode when i just want to create a sound and I don't need people to sing along necessarily. Corporate setting, you have to consider everyone there because it's sure, about sure. us togetherness in that moment. So finding that balance is thinking about what, what's necessary in the moment. If I'm just being an artist, I'm, I'm just giving what I got. And if I'm being a corporate right. worship leader, I'm sensitive to everybody in that room. And I think every, every moment needs something. Like from, from a production standpoint, it's completely different as well. In a corporate worship setting, um, it's live and this is what you get. And if somebody messes right. up or, uh, you know, you, you, the sound you're going to hear, that's, that's it. Like you don't have, there's no, yeah. there's well, no going back versus mm-hmm. in a recording session. Now you're recording songs. You can <laughs> lay track after track and, oh, that didn't work. Let's yeah. try this. So how much, sure. how much of that has happened where, you know, obviously you have a vision for the song, uh, but then you've got that little voice in your ear, Aisha telling you, you know, maybe try this. <laughs> Right, we're producing. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of surrendering to the other opinions of people in, in sessions like that because you have your vision and someone else has another vision, and I think it takes a lot of collaboration and humility. I would say because yeah. you got to be willing to to be like, hey, is is this gonna work or not? Um, so lots right. of trial and error, lots of just trying new things, lots of uh, being inquisitive, like, hey, I become better and you have the space and time to do that so that to me it makes it fun it's also a different type of type of stress it's kind of stressful because you want everybody wants the final product to be amazing but i think we may all have different versions of it so it's it's a different type of muscle memory i would say Um, you got to stick it through it could be awkward it's like i don't know if i would sing it that way or maybe we should try so you're going through the ebbs and flows of how do we all bring our creativity to the table and honor it? Yeah. <laughs> honor mm-hmm. everybody's, you know, genius. One of yeah, the things, sure. one of the things I, I think I would struggle with, and I'm not a uh, songwriter 
Um, I've, you know, I've sung back up on, on some songs, but that's about it. And I, I didn't have any stress because I just show up and here, here's what we need you to sing and, and you're done. Right. Um, I guess mm-hmm. one of the things for me that I would find stressful is if I can say the financial end of things where it, it costs a lot of money to record a song. And so every time you make an edit, every time you add a track, every time you make a change, it's, it's costing money. And does that ever, um, play into the final product for you? Yes. Aisha, do you want to talk about that? Or you <laughs> Please, listen, this, this um, conversation is all about you. So, okay. I'm- so there is, <laughs> there is some tension because you're thinking, how can we be efficient? You don't want to have a long drawn out creative process where you have other people depending on you to make a decision. Are we, which direction are you going musically? Because that's going to impact where, when they come in. And if we take too long and if we keep walking in indecision, then we don't really get far. So I, I, you start to figure out what's priority, what's the non-negotiables mm-hmm. of the song. And you lean on that, you stick with it, and then you go, hey, in the future, if I want to do it over, then it may be a chance. Or um, if I want to do it live, <laughs> right. that'll be my chance to, to add those changes if I want to Give, give another take but in terms of the record um yeah you think about timing and, and how much time it's going to take to have something that's quality the, the engineers the mixing mastering it takes time so i have to come to a place where i'm resolved as soon as possible and if i'm not and i'll just be clear like hey guys i don't know if, if i'm settled on this yet let's not move forward so right. that way we're not wasting time right. or money you know so, so right. would, would you say you're on budget right now Yes. Okay, so but that part's good. I'm not completely in charge of it. <laughs> right, right, okay. okay. So you've got uh, you've got an EP that uh, is set to release uh, in the next few weeks, um, or I guess early next year is my understanding, and you've got your single coming out in a few weeks called Must Come Down. Yes. So can you tell yeah. us about that about song? It. Yeah. Okay, so we are looking forward to Must Come Down. Must Come Down is based on the scripture that says, you take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Um, and it's the idea that sometimes we have thoughts in our mind that oppose what God has said to us or what ha- God has said about us. And it's just a declaration for believers or anybody to say, I'm going to take these thoughts captive and bring them down and submit them to the truth of who God is and what he says about me. And um, I'm excited. It's, it's pretty fun. It's up-tempo. Has lots of personality. It's, it's very uh, congregation friendly, um, and, and yes. we just had a great time recording it together. We're looking forward to so many people hearing it. It was a complete download. I heard it in, on April first. The entire song came to my heart. I believe it was a gift from the Lord, and so I'm excited that we're going to release it. Um, and then next year we'll have the full project ready for the masses. It's going to be dynamic. It's going to be it's it's going to be great because I think it's going to touch many people, many hearts, and it's going to be one that many generations can appreciate. Um, so we're super excited. Are there any potential radio singles in there? And if so, uh, what makes it a radio single, in your opinion? Well, this, if Must Come Down is a radio single, which I believe it is, yes. it's my first radio single. Okay. Um, what makes it radio? I, I think Aisha would have to help me with that. 
Um, it's it's <laughs> taking a point. Well, I mean, it's did you it. did you follow the, the I'll, I'll call it, did you follow the radio rules? There's certain rules in radio, like the length and and style and, mm. and perhaps even message and yes. stuff. So uh, obviously when you go into yes. the studio, um, you're going to, potentially look at the song even before you start recording saying I think this is a radio single and so you're going to tailor it for yeah. that and maybe maybe there's two versions of the song where one is the radio edit and one is the longer right. version that'll appear on the album absolutely right yes. you've definitely so taken all of those things into yeah. consideration mm-hmm. uh, yeah sounds uh length format We've taken Language. all of that into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Singability. This, is that a word, singability? This song is, it is now. Yes. It's a word today. I just made okay. it one. Good, good. <laughs> Hashtag singability. Singability. Got to be able to um, have it as a as a worship song, a congregational singable worship song. So it's a singable um, worship song that's also a radio single. Yes. And yes. Yes. I guess when you recorded the song, is it the type of song that you can perform live without having to create the sounds all over again? Do you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes yes. when you lay down tracks yes. and it's like, here's that sound yes. that I want, but now somebody asks you to perform the song and it's like, yeah, that doesn't sound anything like what I hear on the radio. <laughs> That's such a great question. I think it does yeah. have the capacity to do that because I wrote it on the guitar and it has exactly. the same uh, identity and it has the same feel and the same intensity. And I think it'll even be more richer just to have the guitar like in a raw setting. It would have the same mm-hmm. impact. I think it'd be, it would really hit many hearts the same way. I think it would. And if sure. that's if that's the case, you can probably do an acoustic version of the song as an oh, ec- yeah. as an extra as an extra um, track or or a bonus track if you want to call it that. Right. Or, right. Or maybe maybe just on on the streaming services. Here's an acoustic version of the song that just got released two months ago or whatever. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Or or it could be the 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 acoustic track could be the one that you release on the socials. Hmm. It's a great idea. Yeah, here here we are brainstorming. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of social, right. you you you've been doing some stuff on social media. I understand you've got some kind of live thing happening every other week. Yes. Yeah, so every other Monday, or specifically second and fourth Mondays, I hop on live and I encourage worship leaders, worship pastors, everybody involved in worship arts ministries or the worship department of their local church because they're pouring out so frequently. It's just giving them another space to come and get poured back into um, because we're, we're, we're hitting the ground weekend after weekend. And I believe that God is concerned about what's happening on the inside of the worshiper. So it's called Inside the Worshiper. Um, you can find it on Instagram and Facebook. Inside the Worshiper is a community that I'm building to create resources for worship leaders and everybody involved in the worship department to get poured back into after they pour every week. So the resources aren't... Um, lead sheets or or something specifically to do with uh, specific songs, but it's more uh, tools that they can use in their life, I guess? Yeah. yeah. So I connect them with other events that's happening locally that's specifically geared to pouring back into worship leaders. I'm connecting with other ministries that this is their heart, this is their desire to help refresh those who are constantly giving. Um, and so I'm connecting them to different uh, events, activities, and I'm coming out with the curriculum that's going to help build those who are already doing this or they need strategy and tools to help 
worship teams that don't really have the support um, to grow their their teams with balance, with being able to serve and to get rest. So that curriculum will be released uh, towards the end of the year. So their tools and access to other events and resources is definitely going to be available. So can I ask you a trick question? Okay. <laughs> what uh, Aisha might know where I'm leading with this. What? Uh, who is in the worship ministry? Who are the people? Who are the, like and their and their job functions? Yes. So you have more visibly the worship leader, the worship singer behind them. You have the band. You have media. Um, you have the audio visual. You have all these people. Okay, you've connect. said enough. Thank you. Uh, you. You've met the criteria in my mind. I was, I was, yes. I was waiting to hear the media and the audio personnel because, because yes, a lot of times because, people aren't. You know, a lot of times people don't consider those those individuals. Right. Oh, they're all involved because all those components make the worship moment, the corporate worship moment, possible. So we have to yes. consider that they're giving and that they're on top of everything. The same way they're relying on the worship leader to do it. We're relying on them to help make the job possible. Absolutely. Oh, that's a relief. <laughs> you know, Ed, can I just say something? Like, I'm over here, and I, this conversation has, it's been wonderful. And I'm just proud back here just listening. And I, I apologize now um, James, because I'm the listening audience in this conversation. Okay. I, I'm enjoying it so much. I, I forgive you. So I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a pass this conversation. Okay. That's what I'm, uh, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, it's, it's very, um, it's, it's nice knowing that you have, especially in the last part of the conversation, recognizing all the people that are involved in the worship team, the, the worship ministry, um, because a lot of times people behind the scenes get forgotten about. And I, th and I think what people are re recognizing a lot more these days, Monique, too, is it's, it's not a one-man show. It's not, here's the worship leader, and it's, it's them is, is what it's all about. Um, oh, wow. I, I get I guess I have a problem calling it a show in the first place. And and Aisha, I've told right. you that in the past too. It's not it's not a show, it's a time of ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think in the end we have to recognize that one, um, this corporate gathering is to refresh and to encourage and build up the brethren. So we have to consider all the parts, at least in my mind. And it is never a show. It's literally we have an audience of one and that has to be the focus every time his motive, his plan for what he wants his children to look like on a Sunday morning or whenever we gather, that has to be the focus and that it has to be very mm -hmm. servant driven. And so I, yes. I, I always thank my sound guys, because if I don't got sound, that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So exactly. it's, it's definitely coming from that standpoint of everyone involved is, is serving one another. Well, Monique, we're looking forward to uh, the single dropping in the next few weeks. Uh, we're looking forward to the full uh, debut EP, which I guess is early next year. Full EP next year. Stay tuned, please. How many songs? I'm feeling a right good now. We're seven looking at about five or six. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Monique, thanks very much for your time. Yeah, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Monique. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Mo. 
it was a great conversation. Yeah. I enjoyed that. And I'm mm-hmm. glad I'm glad that things have worked out where you've had a chance and an opportunity to work with her. And and mm-hmm. like I said, listening to things from her perspective. And I'm I'm looking forward to hearing the song uh, as well as the full project, um, especially given the fact that this is something new for her. So it'd be interesting to see, as she was talking about before, about vision and collaboration, to see what the final product sounds like. I'm sure it'll be for her as well, right? Where where she, you know, she had the original uh, idea of this is what it's going to sound like, and then it's gone through right. the various cycles with your input, producers' inf- input, and whoever else, and then hearing the final product potentially being completely different from what she envisioned to start, <laughs> but but yet better, right? The thing is, I've I've been there, and so I know how important it is to an artist. Um, these songs are like our babies. And so to put them in someone's hands and trust them with it, uh, it's not an easy thing at all. And so what we've been extremely intentional about is having Monique's involvement and her input from day one up until uh, when the song has gone to mix. And so it's like, are you hearing anything different? Like, is there something you want to hear that's not there? Is there something that's there that you don't want to hear? You know, just having her input and her being able to speak to it, it's her song. Yeah. You know. Well, it is time for artist advice, and this week we hear back from Michael Cochran. I would say be genuine, really dive into what influences you and who you want to be as an artist, and let that lead you more than what you think people want you to be, or what you think is marketable at the time, or what you think you know, this, this version of me is going to really be great or whatever. Just be, be the artist yeah. that, that you think you need to be because someone out there is going to be impacted by that. And I think sometimes the temptation is to find the thing that's going to get the biggest platform and go for that. And eventually you're going to get tired of that, burn out on that, or it's going to be sure. all about the platform. Uh, but if it's all about the artistry and all about the music and all about, and you love it, you can just go forever, I think. You know, like you don't, mm-hmm. you won't get tired of it as as quickly, and I think that uh, it won't be as dependent upon the outcome. It's like I just like doing this. It's interesting that he said that. Even as we are working on the release for uh, Monique Chade, the he talked about the temptation to kind of succumb to wanting to fit in and go with what's most marketable or um, what will secure the greatest platform. Um, and those things I believe you should take into consideration, but not let them be the driving force, like embrace your individuality and who it is that God has made you and move forward in that. Just having confidence in knowing that what he invested in you, that's what's going to stand come hell or high water. So I appreciate um, his advice 
and just got to exercise balance in it all, you know? I hear what you're saying, and I and I got something similar but almost completely different because it got me thinking about something, that the whole comment about being genuine and what influences you, I think one of the things that uh, we fail to do whenever we have conversations with artists or people in the music business is we we sometimes forget to ask what or who has or is influencing you. Right. And it could be a faith type question or it could be, sure. you know, other people in the music business. And one of the reasons why I, I don't necessarily um, ask that question uh, is because I think very often it's it's an over over asked question. Mm-hmm. But sometimes mm-hmm. you need to kind of peel back the layer a little bit and find out, you know, this is this is the artist that we're speaking with. This is their their music. How did they get right. that sound? How did they get that sort of um, idea? And and you know, whether it's a genre or or a style of music or even the lyrics and whatnot, right. like how did they come to that? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. Anyways, that was my deep thought. <laughs> it is. Uh, you see how I just kind of la- left, left room. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Took that dramatic pause. I I understand. Yeah. Anyways, let it marinate. <laughs> let it marinate. Absolutely. Well, let it marinate for the next week because uh, we are back next week with another great episode of Between the Grooves. Don't forget to follow us. Leave any comments, and uh, let's catch up again next week. Yes. Thanks for listening to Fate Strong Today's Between the Grooves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider sharing it with your friends, rating our podcast, or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people. We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime. Hello at faithstrongtoday.com.